Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, it's going to be uh, an easy week. Uh, you started, you kicked things off with having a, a waffle. I did. Do you like Eggo waffles? Because Eggo waffles are fucking dope. Yeah, I mean, as I, I haven't had one in, in a while, but as a kid, yeah, they were they were fantastic. Especially They're the way that they kind of like they they scoop up all the uh the syrup when you when you pour okay, them in. Yeah. I sometimes I just raw dog those waffles <laughs> lately, man. Like I just I like this morning I had a Nevis makes great uh homemade bagels and she made some on the weekend. So I had one of those this morning, like an everything bagel that she's like only like is a couple ingredients, just like Greek yogurt and flour. And then she makes these bagels and they're fantastic. Um, had one of those, but I'm like, you know, one, one bagel. I'm like, I need a little something, something. So I threw in a, uh, uh the Belgian style Eggo waffles are a little thicker, a little cinnamon. So if I get the cinnamon ones, Eric, um, t- okay, everyone we're reviewing, um, Tyler Sheridan's Taylor Sheridan. Sorry, not Tyler. That's his brother. Um, which is and Tyler Perry is up. in this. That's where maybe yeah. I got this mixed up. Uh, Taylor Sheridan's those who wish me dead. Um, we'll get into that in a second. You think, ta- did you um, think Taylor Sheridan uh, loves waffles as much as we do? Uh, yeah, I think so. He'd have someone brutally murdered over a plate of waffles. And it would probably, probably be John Bernthal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, cinnamon, the cinnamon like toast uh, or like the cinnamon flavored Eggo waffles, you can raw dog. You don't necessarily need syrup. Sometimes – and raw dog is a horrible saying to say <laughs> to eat waffles without syrup. But um, – It's the new way to syrup. eat uh, You just – I just get like a, a, a napkin and I, I take one waffle and I ate it as it was coming down here and now I'm ready to go. I'm having my coffee. We're recording early on a Monday. Had a good long weekend. I watched Those Who Wish Me Dead on Saturday. I had to pay $26 for it just like Mortal Kombat. But hey, whatever. Well, you're paying for Tyler Sheridan's tuition fund. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's young Tyler Sheridan. Uh, yeah, today we are reviewing uh, Taylor Sheridan's "Those Who Wish Me Dead," um, starring Angelina Jolie, Finn Little, Nicholas Holt, Aiden Gillen, aka Littlefinger, uh, Jake Weber, Medina Senghor, uh, John Bernthal. Uh, it is now available on HBO Max in the U.S. Uh, premium VOD here in Canada. And um, and also in theaters uh, wherever they are open. Eric, yes, Matt, yes. Who wishes you dead? Uh, well, that's 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 going to take a little while to go through that list. I've got many enemies. Uh, so Matt, watching this film, um, yeah. a lot of people online were talking about the idea that this is a kind of classic throwback to '90s action cinema. And we've been watched like, you know, when we, when it was safe to do so, um, and in the past, we have been watching a lot of that, uh, together, you know, starting from 1989 with Tango and Cash. And obviously we watched, uh, Cliffhanger a, a year or so ago with, yeah. uh, with, a, our friend, uh, Mike Montz. And moral of the story is whenever we get together, we usually watch a like cheesy, but fun 90s or death, 80s action movie. Yeah. Things like that. And so, Going into this movie, I'm thinking, okay, this is this won't be your typical Taylor Sheridan uh, story adaptation. This is based on uh, Michael Corita's uh, novel of the same name. 
And so thinking, okay, like some people will be disappointed that maybe it doesn't have the same kind of like prestigious bite, bite sort of that, that, you know, the scripts yeah. of Hell or High Water or Sicario, Sicario have, or yeah. even Wind River is uh second feature uh, as, as, as a director, his sophomore effort. This is his third film. And then watching this movie, what I liked about it, there's this double-edged sword of this film. So the idea is that you have Angelina Jolie, who's playing a uh, grounded smoke jumper, who is basically sort of riddled with guilt and um, PTSD after having experienced a traumatizing event uh, a year prior, uh, and she failed the psych evaluation, so now she is working in a watchtower for the summer. Meanwhile, in uh, and this all takes place in uh, Montana, uh, uh, Park County, Montana, specifically. And then meanwhile, in, in Florida, you have Jake Weber, who plays a forensic accountant, um, Jake Weber being probably best known for Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Um, he's the Best Buy TV salesman, uh, the co-lead with Sarah okay. Pauly. Um, and then he, he, his son, uh, Connor, who's very perceptive and, and, and sort of... Um, grown up for his age, uh, as you learn, because his his mother recently passed away uh, due to cancer, is you know they're they're basically on the run from these two hitmen um, because the father has intel on uh, corrupt politicians that is also connected to uh, mob bosses and gangsters, and this mm-hmm. is all kind of being spearheaded by. Uh, a cameoing Ty- uh, Tyler Perry, uh, who enlists uh, both Aiden Gillen and Nicholas Holt, uh, who are f- ex-military, even though it's never really stated like where what they're wh- everyone's favorite duo, Littlefinger and the Beast. Baby. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it's never stated, you know, like what part of the military they're from. But you know that like the way that they talk to each other, you know, it's 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 very much in like they that look, kind of almost feel like government agents. Right. Or, like but but, uh, the, but like, the way that they do talk to each other and there's a yeah, scene where very... um they get off of a plane and and Holt is wearing um camouflage pants and, and things like yeah, that. Like so, army fatigue. Army fatigue. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, basically these two stories intersect about halfway through where you have the son, Connor, sort of working with Jolie's uh, Hannah Faber or, or surviving, uh, thanks in part to Hannah, who kind of, you know, tries to help her or to help him as best as uh, she can in the situation. And then on top of all that, you have these two guys that set uh, a man-made forest fire um, to sort of uh, even uh, up the the ante of of the sort of the sequence in, in the, in the final act. And what I think is, is, is both an interesting kind of perspective on this movie and also a, a bit of a, a, a negative to it is that it does take a lot of time to get to that center sort of story of the two connecting. Yeah. But what it also does is it builds on character. Like it reminded me of the first Die Hard, and the reason why a lot of the supporting characters, like Reginald Vell Johnson and Paul Gleason and you know Robert Davi and and you know even bigger names like Alan Rickman and, and Bonnie Bedelia, all had more to do than what you would expect in a typical kind of late late eighties action movie is because Bruce Willis was off doing moonlighting. So the screenwriters had to sort of beef up the supporting roles and, and play with that. And this kind of feels not 
because Angelina Jolie was busy or something like that, but mm-hmm. to give to make you care more about these characters, you are given more time to spend with them as they develop and sort of it's all shorthand still but like yeah, with john yeah, yeah. bernhall's you know uh, uh sheriff deputy sort of going to the diner and talking to the old grizzled sheriff as he's eating this great, nasty yeah. steak or steak and or eggs like yeah. the beginning of the the film where you're sort of introduced to sort of a new uh, crew of, of smoke jumpers being sort of inducted uh and then you know the older ones uh one of which is played by Jolie, you know, are all kind of rowdy and hanging out in the background. And like, there's a yeah. weird scene where two of them are kind of chirping this, you know, vaping like hipster, hipster with like a yeah. quote unquote hot girlfriend. That's too good for him kind of thing. And like, yeah. that, that reminded me of myself, you know, that's <laughs> so- well, no, not really. Um, I know. I, I, no, this guy. This guy looked like a, like a like a bookworm kind of thing. But but almost like that, that's like the machismo of the film in oh, a weird totally, way. Yeah. And like Jolie herself, like you know, was very reckless and and sort of you know pushing the boundaries, especially after this incident. And the stuff between her and Bernthal, I think, is is really interesting because I think that's where the cliffhanger comparison comes into play. Is because John Bernthal in all of this is basically Michael Rooker. Um, in the situation yeah. that uh, Rooker's character and Bernthal's character are taken by the bad guys and is forced to guide them through Work the forest, them, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. Like, I was surprised that, you know, it's more not an ensemble piece per se, but like Jolie is obviously the star. But like you said, Eric, like there's more people in this movie. Like she's not in it as much as I thought she would be, if that makes sense. No, like, totally. It's like, I actually, she's, I'm like, she's almost supporting or a co-lead with like a Bernthal or, or, I mean, Bernthal's in the movie quite a bit and he's, especially he's quite for good a Sheridan like, movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I dug it, man. And I, I agree with everything that you're saying. Like, it's not a fantastic movie. Um, it's not even like a, like a really, really good movie, but it's perfectly serviceable and kind of exactly something i feel like we don't get a ton of anymore which is like an r-rated adult kind of action thriller that's better than some of the you know the schlocky borderline vod stuff that we get or kind of like you know the millennium films kind of action movies that are all just very very generic where this is like the good kind of generic where it's like like you said it it serves the characters are are kind of fun and interesting and um i think it has some good powerful uh uh, uh women in in the movie with both uh john third bernhall uh bernthal's wife played by uh, medina senghor um and and angelina jolie and i just feel like you didn't have that you brought up the machismo thing and i think the movie has a lot of that but then i also thought the the strong women characters in the movie were really really great no one was like a damsel in distress or anything like that and really the women are the ones who actually shine by the end of the movie and i thought that was all great i thought the action sequences were it still had that taylor sheridan kind of edge to them like you could still like there was that tinge of nastiness in the movie that is like a a little bit of a step above your typical 
actually it did remind me of those 90s movies because those 90 movies weren't afraid to kind of go there with the violence or killing off certain characters or men women children anyone and you go oh fuck like that was more graphic than i expected but not disgusting it was just kind of impactful in the moment and um he's really good at those moments and they are more brutal in his other stuff that he's either written or directed um but this just kind of had that pulpy kind of thriller throughout the whole thing that i was just kind of vibed with and i just kind of thoroughly enjoyed myself i agree with you that it kind of takes a while to get to you know what the movie was pitching which is this like kind of pseudo disaster movie thriller kind of thing um and it it does take a while to get there with the fire and you almost don't even need it but i guess you kind of do need it with the what her character is and stuff like that. But I thought Nicholas Holt and, um, and, and Aiden Gillen were, were solid villains. And, and, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't have like a ton to say about the movie, but it is one of those movies that I'm like, I would suggest to pretty much anyone, but also wouldn't tell anyone to rush to go see it or pay $25. So like, I'm going to give it a pretty, positive review and i really kind of thoroughly enjoyed it but i'm like do you need to spend 25 bucks on it probably not if it was on a streaming service like an hbo max in the u.s or here in canada if once it comes to crave or wherever i'd be like yeah throw this thing on any day of the week um and you'll probably have a pretty good time will you remember it in five years not really, um, but or probably not. I mean, it's but, better than for, uh, Firestorm with, with Howie Long. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just really kind of thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I agree with you that I feel like it gives you some time to actually care about kind of the supporting characters. I thought the kid was actually pretty good, too. Yeah, he's an Australian um, actor as well. So. Yeah, like, I, I actually kind of really, like, a lot of times, I mean, we talk about this a lot, that, like, kid actors can just, especially when they're so heavily relied on and something like this can be um not so great especially but I when they're precocious or like you know wise beyond yeah. their years where the character of connor in this is a little bit of that because he's had to grow grow up a little bit faster and, and having you know lost somebody very close to him so it, i think that that's fine I, I think the one piece of writing in this film that didn't work for me or felt a little bit too, you know, like obvious and like it was really sort of milking it for all it's worth is there's a scene where, you know, they're driving and they stop and they're, you know, outside of a kind of an, an open field with a fence with the and the horse. And it's showing you that Connor is very perceptive and sensitive yeah. and, you know, it, again, is is very much wise beyond his years. And I don't think that they needed to really have that yeah, scene I agree. In, I agree. in the film because like that kind of felt like it was. I honestly thought there was going to be some. Yeah, I agree with that. And I honestly thought, but I, I know Taylor Sheridan's a better writer than this, but I, right when that happened, I was like, is there going to be some fucking moment in the last act of this movie where he's like a horse, like he tames a horse that saves him or some <laughs> shit or like, or he has to ride a horse out and they're like, well, we showed you that he's really great with horses, but I, I agree with you that I'm sort of glad that they didn't go that route and they, and they just, it was just that moment to show that he's, you know, a kind kind caring you know um kid but um I, I i agree with you that i'm just like okay why you don't really need that yeah and the, but there's also some interesting stuff with like this is the thing that i think i had the most problems with when it comes to um the film is the tone i mean and this is also kind of yeah. playing into 
sort of comparing it to 90s action films. When you got a 90s action movie or even late 80s action movie, you know, you got the Stallones and Schwarzeneggers and, and you know, Van Dams in those films. And when something horrible happens to a good person, it's still horrible but you you kind of know that this is not like this is this is a world of entertainment it's not reality where when horrible things happen to decent people in this it's played in such a way that it wants to be one entertaining but also kind of shocking and disturbing as well and i feel like there are times where it just couldn't really balance those two things together because there there there's there's this sequence where you were talking about uh Medina uh, Sanghorn who is a revelation yeah. I think in this uh, uh, uh film she's playing uh the wife of John Bernthal's character she's pregnant she's wearing a poncho there's a lot of western iconography in this oh, movie totally, yeah. um but there's this whole sequence where you're thinking like, oh no, like he's really going to, this is going to be like the ultimate punishing of John Bernthal yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, but where that goes, it's kind of like, okay, like it's a kick-ass moment, but at the same time, you're like, wow, this is real. like, this is putting somebody through hell and it's supposed to kind of have a, a, an entertaining aspect to it where it's like, you right. know, good for you for getting those dickheads and and like for burning his face, face yeah off. yeah but yeah. it's so weird because again like it's 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 horrific too like it's more horrific yeah. than if it were portrayed i think in cliffhanger or you know shoot to kill with Sidney poitier and and tom berenger you know going after uh, a serial killer who is pretending to be um sort of a, a tourist on this 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 hike like it's it's one of those things where the juxtaposition of tone sometimes doesn't mesh as well because this thing even though it is very pulpy and it's a survival thriller at its core there are some moments where sheridan feels like he's interjecting and this again goes to the character development as well he's he's adding more layers to this that when you get to those serious moments that he also wants to be somewhat playful or entertaining doesn't always pay off because they're so brutal or or disturbing you know like when when certain people die again in cliffhanger you know i think of frank when he gets killed it's a it's almost like a fun it's, or, it's a it's or a goofy like, melodramatic <laughs> yeah, moment yeah. where you'd expect something like that or even the beginning of the film where michael rooker's girlfriend dies like it's it's goofy and part yeah. of it is because we've seen, you know, Ace Ventura when nature and maybe it calls. hasn't aged as or or you know maybe if you look back. At, uh, no, I agree with you that uh, again that Taylor Sheridan kind of nastiness doesn't necessarily like his other movies. I wouldn't describe as fun. No, right? or, <laughs> where or or, or or funny like like, like there's yes. no there's no and levity then, really. Like there's there's le- there's a little bit of levity in this movie that I actually kind of did enjoy, and I think it works in sort of his style of filmmaking. And that's the scene where you have Jolie and and Finn Little taking a moment to breathe and setting up a campfire and she has this kind of quirky moment it's like you know once you learn how to uh uh you know do a, make a campfire you'll be swapping spit with the, the 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 blonde cheerleader in no time but then they get into some serious stuff and they confide in one another and there's yeah. she kind of tells him what's going on with her in terms of you know the last year of her life and 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 having nightmares and things like that and he <laughs> he he retorts with you know he just lost his father to a horrible you know to these two uh 
hitmen and then you know has also lost his his mom and it's like mom. i just can't win yeah, with so, you yeah. and like her line in that yeah and i think she's really good in this movie like i i agree I, yeah. i'm not the biggest angelina jolie fan um to be honest i find that she can be very cold and ethereal in a lot of ways and in, in like you know whether she plays larger than life like action heroes or yeah. sort of like godlike figures and like something like beowulf i just i never really kind of felt like kind of like a warmth to her in any of her performances previously, even in something like changeling, which I actually think she's quite good in as well. Um, This, however, she adds this weird little bit of cork to the character. That's, that's a little bit offbeat compared to your typical action hero that I think also really works. I agree with that because at first I'd feel like you'd almost think that she's miscast in this. Like, um, like, and like if this is a regular Taylor Sheridan movie, then I would say, yes, she was miscast as like a blue collar, one of the guys type character. It's just hard to believe that when it's Angelina Jolie, right? Like, it's just hard to get into, you know, suspension of disbelief of going, okay, all right, I'll try to buy into this. But I, I agree with you that she brings that in the kid puts aware of being like you're weird or whatever like when they have yeah, that and conversation she's like i've been i was like, weird before i even met you yeah yeah and i like that and you see a little bit of that levity or that playfulness at the beginning of the movie as well with the camaraderie with the other firemen or when she's you know i mean even that you know stunt she does on the back of the truck with the parachute and stuff like that which is borderline like having fun or i'm having issues right now right. yeah i'm <laughs> self-destructive yeah so um i think i agree with you that the tonal shifts there when it comes to that playful kind of uh thrilling but still fun doesn't mesh completely with some of the nastiness like even when you know a lot of the stuff with aiden gillen and 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 nicholas holt of like them involving people innocent people or different things like that whether it's that sequence on the road or they're going around and just being like anyone who sees our faces now we have to kill kind of thing right right? and there and then the movie doesn't shy away from violence either and i just remember some of it being like oh fuck okay (laughs) like and then i uh, or the stuff with the the pregnant wife and i mean i like where all of that goes but then that scene itself is very intense and so it does have these weird tonal shifts that um i agree with you that we're comparing it a lot to those nineties action movies, but those had a kind of heightened reality to them. Um, like you were saying, like you almost know that this almost takes place in this like nineties action movie universe rather than real life. And that maybe it's the forest fire element in this or, or, or what, but it did, it did feel like, okay, it never quite went to that level of like, oh, I know this is a diehard universe or this is a cliffhanger universe. I mean, they're all they're a, all diehard like, universes because they're all yeah, essentially, off yeah, yeah, essentially. So I agree with you there. Um, but then that stuff was like, I liked the intensity in moments and I was kind of fine with that because I liked Taylor Sheridan enough. So to see that stuff in here in a movie that kind of had that vibe, I'm like, oh, it's a little nastier maybe than all those, those movies could get nasty too, but maybe we're just looking at them with like nostalgia. But there's a goofiness a bit, to them because like, when you yeah. have somebody like Stallone in That's the lead, yeah. like Stallone can be a good like, actor when he's got the right role. Obviously Rocky, he's amazing in, but, but when you look at him as like Gabe Walker, those are full on <laughs> machismo roles, yeah. right? Where this is trying to kind of bring it back it's down to straddle the line between sort of like the action genre that you remember from again uh, uh, an era ago and also incorporating that 
Taylor Sheridan and a little bit of like, even like the Cormac McCarthy kind of fatalism of, of yeah. the, the, the neo Western and sort of like the, the neo noir. Um, and I think sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I think that the script is the sum of its parts where like, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on on, on sort of like both sides before everything kind of inter connects and intercepts into sort of the, 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 the main sort of plot. But at the same time, it just feels like there's a lot of buildup. And for somebody that's expecting to get a film where Angelina Jolie is the lead, you know, fighting off or fending off forest fires and hitmen, you know, it's going to maybe disappoint people because it's it takes so much time to get to that moment. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, like, I will say that I'm... I, you know, we've talked about this before where like we're not fans of, you know, CGI fire or or blood. Yeah. But I will say that the CGI fire in this is used sparingly, or at least that the way that they shot it, it felt a little less it felt more integrated into the scene than what you'd expect, like a direct-to-video movie or streamer oh, totally, to. Yeah. Like there was more attention to it. And I think Ben Richardson's cinematography also kind of helps because it has a nice kind of um sort of crispy, earthy texture and tone to it very much what you'd expect from you know the guy who shot um wind river as well and 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 things like this that. this guy shot mayor of east town too yeah. i was just thinking of like even some of the uh i was talking with eric before the show everyone mayor of east town very good you guys should go all watch it on hbo um but i just clicked on it and he shot mayor of east town as well because i was like it just it this movie reminded me i was just talking about the most recent episode of mayor of east town craig zobel directed all the episodes there and um it it has some similarities to this movie. It has a very lived from, in kind of brownie yeah. kind of you know earthy tone, and he also did uh, um, Beasts of the Southern Wild as well, uh, Ben Zeitlin's movie. So he like, did, yeah. His stuff is very like organic in terms of sort of just like the look and the aesthetic of of what what they're going for, and and I think that. Um, it, it does look good. It's it's a very sharp looking movie. And and, and the last thing I want to say is that I'm not the biggest Nicholas Holt fan. Like he's always hit or miss for me. But like I I loved him in Mad Max. And then yeah, don't you like him when he's kind of playing scumbags yes. sometimes? So yeah, he's amazing in The Favorite, and he's awesome in this because he's just playing this cold clinical asshole. And I kind of like the the dynamic between him and Aiden Gillen because you have an older kind of quote unquote statesman type who's more sort of surgical in his precision of, of how he approaches, um, you know, taking out a, a, a target or, or sort of, you know, being assigned um, work from, from Perry's character where he is more vicious, where Holt is more vicious and uh, rambunctious because he's younger and, and still kind of is, a little bit more he seems more bloodthirsty in a lot of ways like even that sort of first scene that almost reminds you of like you know anton chigurh coming to your house basically yeah yeah um yeah. and i think that he kind of is is excellent as sort of near duel-esque uh characters. Yeah, i thought they both worked really well together in the like, book yeah. they're father and son but i didn't get here that. they say they have the same last name right. here but so. it didn't feel like a father and son relationship no, it felt like brothers maybe well no or... it, it felt like it felt like you had like a chain of command it felt if that's it felt like too, a like yeah. you know your 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 higher ranking officer and your and your soldier type um but it didn't yeah it didn't feel like a thought fa- like like any kind of father and son relationship, which I think says something about those two characters. 
Oh, totally. Uh, again, want to give another shout out to John Bernthal. I thought he was excellent in this. And I think this, this type of role is exactly what he is great at. Um, and not a guy that I think is a, you know, I, I've actually liked him in most things that I've seen him, but not someone where I'm like, oh, he's a great actor. But I feel like in, in stuff like this, and especially in Taylor Sheridan stuff, he always, I mean, you always poke fun at it. But, well, it's um, because it's, it's, it's always that he's either doing something horrible to somebody like yeah. to Emily Blunt and Sicario and choking her yeah. out or something horrible is happening to him in in River, right? (laughs) But then he's also, like, I agree with you. He's not a great actor, but I think in supporting roles, like, the the best thing that he he has done so far as an actor uh, is his performance in The Wolf of Wall Street, and especially the pen scene. Like, that, he is so good in that moment. Um, and, and I agree. Like he's 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 very good here in that kind of Michael Rooker esque role. Um, and he actually really has a great kind of intense moment where he really sort of you know tries to intimidate, but also you know cut these two guys that have uh, basically kidnapped. I loved him, that moment. You yeah. know, down to size and says like you know like we know where this is going. Like don't don't give this to, like, this is bullshit. Like, let's just end it here. And like that, he, he's actually a, kind of amazing in that scene. I agree completely. So I just wanted to give him a shout out, but, um, overall thought it was, uh, uh, like I mentioned a, a perfectly enjoyable little action thriller throwback that I felt kind of like oddly refreshing is what I tweeted is like, I, I feel like we do get, you know, adult action thrillers, I guess, but they're all ve- either very low budget or like, I, I keep, bringing up millennium films that's the type of like adult action thriller right yeah like or or someone like that even right now with liam neeson and like those can be hit or miss or or things like that like you are getting a few of them but i feel like they've kind of fallen out of grace where they are these kind of borderline vod movies that um you know just pop up and no one you know a handful of people see them and the odd one might be kind of enjoyable where this feels like a big studio making a mid budget thriller for adults. That's R rated with a good cast. Um, and you just don't really see that that often anymore. And like, I'll take more three, 3.5 movies that are like this because like, I don't know, sometimes that's just all you want. It's a popcorn flick. Um, it's exactly kind of what I wanted in that moment. And we get so much of the same stuff. That's either a sequel or a franchise or, or something like that. Like an adult action thriller like this. I'm like, I, I could, you know, I hope they make a comeback. Uh, I'm sure this, I don't, uh, you know, going straight to HBO max, it's hard to kind of tell how well it, it it's going to do. And even if it performed modestly well, is probably a success success for this movie. I don't see the budget or anything, but um, I liked it. Um, uh, it's again, a movie that I could say you could wait for. And, and if you're in the U S absolutely watch it on HBO max. If you're in Canada, it's hard for me. I'm going to give it a 3.5, but it's also hard for me to say, it's totally worth $25 to rent. Um, if you're splitting that with a partner or significant other, um, which I did, um, you know, that's a movie ticket price, right? 12, 1250 or whatever. So like, it's not too bad, but, um, I 
I highly doubt I'll ever watch it again. I highly doubt I'll really think of it again. Um, I won't hold it in reverence like we talked about of Cliffhanger or Die Hard or Sudden Death, even or, or even some like of that. Taylor Sheridan's uh, you know Sher- other other works. stuff which I really love. And this yeah. is a much better movie than Without Remorse, which we also covered uh, recently yes, on the show as well. Right? Yeah, he adapted from the or Tom Clancy yeah, yeah uh, adaptation. I agree that this is much better than that. Um, And we talked about that that movie was missing some of that nastiness. It almost felt like it was watered down a little bit. Well, it almost felt more procedural. Like it's it's exactly what like the steps you'd expect in kind of like a a revenge thriller. Like there wasn't really a whole lot going on there that was really interesting. Like everything was kind of by the numbers where this is still by the numbers and somewhat predictable. But it's again, like – you know, it's it's a double-edged sword kind of situation where, you know, it's so broken up for a large portion of the movie that you spend more time with each of these characters and getting to know them and intersecting that I think it does add. But it also, again, you know, will maybe try some people's patience expecting like, you know, again, Angelina Jolie in a forest fire setting fighting off two deadly assassins like for the whole thing. yeah it's yeah, not like that. that's a small part of that at the end also weird ending i will throw that i just felt like the way it ended with the song and how it ends i'm like well even that I, is like a classic like late 80s early 90s yeah. like action hero trope or ending, ending. yeah but here it, it's again it's a little bit weird it feels, yeah <laughs> it just felt odd like oddly celebratory and um and i'm just like this doesn't fit what happened and i'm like and and we'll talk about i'm curious uh after we're done so we don't spoil anything but like just felt like it was a weird both nevis and i were like that was a weird ending right yeah (laughs) and then then, it works uh, better in like a, a more straightforward like b b plus action movie of that time right because like again you're not invested emotionally in those characters I, yeah i feel like in if, that way um i don't want no nah, it's probably giving away too much i'll talk to you but about it's it like after. your classic ending where you have sort of the the main character sort of in the recovery mode like they're finally getting a chance sure, to rest that, i agree but i feel like the way other characters ended up um made it less celebratory oh, yeah and just no like, I, I agree like, with you on what you're talking yeah. about there and i also yeah. think what you're i think what you're referencing i i think it's yeah. a little bit of a cop-out because i feel like that's where taylor sheridan would have gone darker um yeah. if he could but because weirdly he's making like a more traditional st- uh studio movie he had to have some light at the end of the tunnel but if this was if this was sicario or if this was hell or high water i guarantee yeah. that it that ending would be different yeah yeah um but I th- I don't I'll talk to you about it. After. Yeah, yeah, Anyways, we'll talk about it afterwards. I, I'm going to give it a three out of five. I think that's fair. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. Uh, we would love for you guys to check out our other reviews on the channel right now. We recently reviewed Joe Wright's The Woman in the Window, uh, which is a Netflix film with Amy Adams. Uh, we reviewed uh, Profile, which is a screen life film. Go check that out. Uh, Oxygen, another Netflix movie, a French film um, with Melanie Laurent, a single location kind of thriller, um, which is uh, pretty solid as well. Uh, Guy Ritchie's Rat of man uh without remorse which we mentioned um profile profile i mentioned profile mortal Kombat, another hbo max movie the mitchells versus the machines Um, 
Yes. So lots of stuff over on the reviews channel for you guys to check out. Uh, we also have our newest draft of the untitled movie podcast. Uh, that's our other channel. So please go subscribe to that as well. Our 91st draft. We talked about uh, our new letterbox, which we would love for you guys to go check check out at untitled podcast on letterboxd which is our kind of hq hub for everything untitled movie podcasts uh we talk about critics choice getting vaccinated cronenberg carnage all this stuff so go please check that out like i mentioned follow us on all the social medias at untitled underscore cast and very uh, specifically letterboxd so untitled podcast on letterboxd we're posting our schedule there all of our reviews uh, all of our drafts, um, engaging in different ways there. So thank you to everyone who's followed and we're going to keep, uh, updating that quite frequently. So with all the updates, uh, that you need over there, you it'll be your main hub. Love to see it. You, you sure do. And, um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck and you can follow, uh, my work around the internet at untitledmoviepodcast.com and follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Rochin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I wished him well. I wished him well.